The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to episode 90 of... Yeah, it's that bad. My name is Joel. I'm Martin. And I'm Kevin. This is a show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is that we look at movies that are on Rotten Tomatoes and reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is 1998's Urban Legend. Directed by Jamie Blanks, starring Jared Leto, Alicia Witt, Rebecca Gayhart, Joshua Jackson, Laura Devine, Tara Reed, Michael Rosenbaum, and Robert Englund. Urban Legend is a 1998 slasher film. This movie currently holds a 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a plot synopsis? There's a campus killer on the loose who's making urban legends. Like the one about eating pop rocks and soda at the same time will make your stomach explode, and the one about a psycho with an axe stepping into the backseat of your car at the gas station when not looking into reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's exactly this movie. That's that's it. Okay, tonight's movie was sponsored by Nathan, and Nathan writes in and says, Since it is falling around Halloween, it seems only fitting for a slasher, and nobody did slashers better than the late 90s post-scream bum rush of slashers. And one of the best, question mark, has to be Urban Legend. I did not supply the question marks, he did. Oh, really? I thought that you took his quote and just started throwing quotes. <laughs> no, <laughs> nope, that's all his. Okay, Urban Legend, what is your history with this masterpiece? You know, I didn't think I had seen this before, but as I was watching it, I was remembering seeing these <laughs> things happen before. I guess that's just how forgettable this movie is. I have seen this movie before, and I didn't even remember it. I have not seen this movie before. Um, <laughs> that's a miracle, because I, I feel like I've seen every horrible movie that came out of the late 90s. You know what, though? I remember seeing the commercials for it, and I remember thinking that this movie looked stupid, and that I never wanted to see it, but here I am with you two, ready to make dreams come true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, either. I never saw this movie. I never wanted to see it. I had no desire to ever see it. Yet, hey, here I am watching Urban <laughs> Legend. <laughs> You're right. Talk about totally forgettable. When you go to somebody like, hey, remember those great horror movies from the 90s? I severely doubt anyone's going to be bringing up Urban Legend. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's do what we always do at the top of the show. We'll discuss the actors one by one, and we'll see how you thought they did. First up, 30 seconds to Mars himself, Mr. Jared Leto. Kevin has first-hand experience with this guy. Yeah, I've seen 30 seconds to Mars concert, <laughs> I'm not proud to say. Big fan, right? No, I, at the time, I didn't even know who they were. I'd never heard of them before. They were opening for Incubus when I went to an Incubus concert in college, and they were terrible. And they constantly told me over and over again that they were 30 seconds to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> who was telling you Jared Leto was? He was like, like screaming No, because he's not you? the lead singer, is he? No. He's like rhythm guitar, I thought. Yeah, whoever the whoever was the lead singer was constantly yelling out, "We're thirty seconds to Mars!" All right, great. Where's Incubus, bro? Yeah. How did you think he did in this movie? Does he deserve top billing? No one deserves top billing. No, nobody is really in the movie long enough and acting to deserve any kind of recognition at all. Uh, Jared Leto can act. He can do it. I've seen him do it. He didn't do it in this movie. It was sad. I think he acted more than anyone. 
everyone else did. So gonna, they gave him credit for that. I'm, I'm going to say Michael Rosenbaum acted more than anybody else did in this movie. That's a question. Yeah? I thought he gave a spirited storytelling scene when he's talking about the urban legend. What about Jared Leto's baby blue eyes? Well, they were just... But no one's going to argue that. My soul was melted. <laughs> yeah? Did you feel jealous or did, did you totally identify with the girls when they said, I don't care what he says. What a dreamboat. What a dreamboat. <laughs> was he looking at me? Next up, Alicia Witt. This is one of the worst acting performances I've ever seen. Thank you. You're welcome. She was atrocious, right? Atrocious. I can't believe she got this leading part. One of the worst things I've ever seen. It Community was... college level acting. No, below that. Whatever, Whatever's below that, I don't even know. Community high school level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, GED level acting. Oh my God, she dropped out of community <laughs> high school acting and got her GED in acting. Yeah, no, she was piss poor performance perpetrated primarily by this redheaded piece of whoa <laughs> she was she was that bad she stank she smelled bad <laughs> you could smell her through i could the smell TV. her bad acting through the tv i hate to be mean but it was really bad i mean yeah, this no, was no i mean it, it was like noticeable right? you were like yeah wow that was an awful line reading it was so cold and emotionless it's like am i supposed to root for this person yeah she was like dead this person she was dead yeah which is funny she didn't die <laughs> <laughs> the only one that didn't die <laughs> That's yeah, a twist. I, she was dead all along. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she didn't try to kill her. She was already dead. <laughs> okay, next up, Rebecca Gayhart, a.k.a. the Noxzema girl. Ooh, remember that? Noxzema commercials? So relevant that I brought that up. Her yeah. eyes are intense. Yeah? I think so. How's her acting? There wasn't any. I, a I number know. one, right? Yeah, the best. I, I'm going to paint everybody in this movie besides Jared Leto and Michael Rosenbaum with the same shit acting brush. They're, they're just... Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Tara Reid? <laughs> uh, you know what? You're right, girl. Bodily fluids in your stomach are not good. That's true. That's that's a life lesson that I took out of that movie, and now I can start applying to my life. <laughs> yeah, she... Not good. Not good. I don't like her. I don't like any of the rest of these people, almost. I'm struggling to think of... I'm flabbergasted. Anybody else here? Thunderstruck. She was terrible. Worst performance you've ever seen in your life? No. That Alicia Witt. She yeah. <laughs> but what about Loretta Devine? What, do, do, I know her better as the mom from the PJs. <laughs> Remember living in the PJs? Yeah, the PJs, the project. Living in the PJs. <laughs> Keep going. <sighs> Don't stop now. Set up in my cardboard condo, homeboy in a homemade bungalow. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of the eve, in the middle of a one-way street. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Living, Living in the PJs. PJs. Next up, Joshua Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> if there was a dreamboat in this movie, I think that this guy should deserve top billing over Jared Leto. Kevin, you really were happy to see this guy, right? Because I know you were a staunch Dawson's Creek supporter back in high school. I've never even seen big that show. Time. You were big. You were big into Pacey more over Dawson, right? Oh yeah. You wanted Joey to be with Pacey. Pacey fan. I missed out. No, on he all wanted Dawson stuff. and Pacey to be together. <laughs> I read his fan fiction. <laughs> I wanted to see a James Vanderbeek <laughs> crossover. I used to watch Fringe, and I thought he was pretty good on that show. So I think he can act. This was terrible. This is atrocious. He, he was so he was so young buck. In he didn't. Role, yeah, he didn't fine tune his craft yet. Mm, I see. He looked ridiculous. What about his haircut? Hair. Yeah, that blonde haircut. Ridiculous. He looked like Eminem. Proto M. He looked like one M. Just M. Eminem Junior Junior. There you go. Yeah, that's true. All right. Next up, Michael Rosenbaum. 
This guy had good line delivery in the three lines that he had, but he wasn't really in this movie that much. I thought he was forgettable. I didn't care for him. Yeah, he was a bit of a dick. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh, wait, don't forget, Robert Englund, a.k.a. Freddy Krueger himself. Oh, yeah. I could use more of him. He was pretty good. Yeah, it was all right, but he was in it for 0.2 seconds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> little more would have been appreciated. All right, so that's pretty much it, right? No one stood out. Everyone was pretty poor. Yeah, that's accurate. There are no heroes in this uh, ensemble. Just zeros. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, act, I mean, acting-wise, we're setting up for a great, yeah, it's that bad feature <laughs> film. Oh, yeah. And normally, this would be the time where I go over the history of the movie, but there practically isn't one for this. This movie just kind of appeared out of thin air. <laughs> <laughs> it just manifested itself. But uh, Manifest destiny. Wait, 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 wait. We didn't talk about Tara Reid. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go on. Go on. Tara Reed. Paradise. <laughs> I thought that she was so, so beautiful. That Oh, that's that's it? You stopped the show for this? <laughs> yeah. I'll say this. Tara Reed was trying. That's something to be said, right? Okay. Looked like she was trying. All right. Okay. A for effort? Yeah, all right, fine, great. All right, as for the history of this movie, this is all I got. That's all I got for you. All right. Are you aware that this is part one of a series of movies? Yes, How yes. many urban legends are there? Kevin. I thought there was only one, but I'm going to say there's two. Six. There are four urban legends. There's Urban Legend, Ur- Final Cut, Bloody Mary, Ghosts of Goldfield. <laughs> How many of them were straight to DVD? Two. Yeah, I figured. Uh, okay, so this movie cost $14 million to make. How much do you think it made? Worldwide. 30. I'm going to say 45. $72 million. It's quite a payday. Pretty good, right? Deserved every penny. That's outrageous. This was a wildly successful film. <laughs> yeah. That's outrageous. Worthy of sequels. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, good for them. Hey, before we begin, let me ask you a quick question. What are some of your favorite urban legends? That's a good question. Clinton Road? <laughs> uh, well, no. I mean, around here, we have a ton of urban legends. There's a turn in the road by a bridge where a little kid, I guess, fell off and drowned. And if you stop on the bridge and drive yeah. backwards or something, I thought that's something you do in a video game. Like you have to, these real specific things you got to do. Drive backwards here and do this cheat code. He pops up. <laughs> what about a? Uh, oh, you know what? There is one urban legend. I don't know if you guys know about this. There's like supposed to like to be like a kind of like a group of homeless people that like live in the sewers of Manhattan and around Christmas time one of them got really sick and this guy Logan had to come and give blood to help him out I mean I don't know how accurate that is this is so obscure (laughs) (laughs) so obscure Urban legend. So this movie starts out in not typical Yes That Bad fashion. Very surprised, very pleased. An actual scene. It actually just started. Can you believe it? Not really, but it happened. Yeah, it's pretty good. So this girl's driving in her car. She's singing 90s classics, driving around in her giant SUV. She runs out of gas. She pulls into a gas station and there's Brad Dourif. There he is, you know. He's not even mentioned in the billing here. He was the best person in this entire movie. Yeah, Without a doubt, right? Uh Uh-huh. He was also in like the only good scene of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, so Brad Dourif is there. He's the gas station. He's like this creepy weirdo loner. It's raining really hard. It's scary. This girl, she's vulnerable. She's scared. Young college co-ed. And uh, we get the strong implication that he wants to murder her, wear her skin as a suit, <laughs> and then rape the corpse. <laughs> 
I mean, I picked it up from the body language. Am I off base? All right, so she goes inside and she's got her mace with her. Hey, just real, real fast. When she pulled up to the gas station, did anybody else notice the price? Yeah. A dollar and 14 cents. This mm-hmm. movie came out in 1998, not 1948, not 1928. <laughs> gas has gone up four times its price in 10 years. It's pretty good, right? Oh, man. We were riding high back in 98, sitting pretty. There was peace in the Middle East. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unlike today. (laughs) Okay, so she goes inside the gas station, and as we assumed, we thought that Brad Dourif was going to pick up an axe and just slash her head off, right? That's what I wanted. What did you think of this whole sequence here with Brad Dourif and the girl? It was awesome. I like this a lot. At this point in the movie, I was having fun, and I thought that I might get an entertaining, fun movie. That's exactly what I thought. I had high, 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 high hopes. I was like, oh, perhaps this might actually be a good movie. <laughs> Little did I know what was about to happen like three seconds later. <laughs> Kevin, what'd you think? I was frustrated because like you could tell the guy's not trying to kill her. So it's like, what are you doing? The guy's just trying to help you. You're just going to flip out. He was a creepo weirdo. I guess I see the good in people. He oh, yeah, looked right. like he was insane in the membrane. He was just stuttering. Does it make him a, a, a psycho? psycho killer? Catch him, kill him. He's a real freak show. I felt bad for the guy. He's the victim here. So from this scene, and Joe was right, immediately after this scene, about three seconds later, they needed some star power in this movie to really, <laughs> really, you know, kick it off and let you know that, that you know, you're going to get something good here. So Tara Reed pops on the screen. She's running a radio show and she- A little podcast of her own. Yeah. Dr. Drew would have been jealous if this show was real. Tara Reed is running the college sex help show on the radio. If there's anybody that's qualified to help you out sexually, it's Tara Reed. Yeah. Kevin, what do you think about her advice? Oh, about the uh, not drinking the hot boy protein shake? <laughs> Where's to live by? Is the protein shake hot because it's from the boy or is it a hot boy like he's good looking? Kevin? That's something for the scholars to ponder, I think, right? I'd imagine. This is all comic relief stuff where a girl calls in and she's like, I just swallowed my boyfriend's semen or... Can I have butt babies if it gets in my butt and <laughs> something, stomach? Something stupid like that. And Tara Reed starts making fun of her. And then she grabs her microphone and starts licking it and jerking it like it's a penis. And I just started rolling my eyes. I'm like, oh, okay. This is the kind of movie we're in for, right? It's odd that you're criticizing that since that's how you speak into the microphone while we're podcasting. Constantly, right? I mean... You're doing it right. You're doing it right now. Yeah. Ooh. Hmm. The, every time you speak into the microphone, you pretend you're jerking it off. It's, it's, it's my power. It really gets the... <laughs> It gets my juices flowing. <laughs> yeah, it gets all our juices flowing. It keeps, it keeps the momentum of this podcast going. Okay, so... <laughs> So Tara Reed, she she has like maybe 10 minutes in this movie and this is the first five minutes that she's going to get. And it immediately jumps to Michael Rosenbaum and um, the other main characters of the movie and, and they're going to get introduced as, you know, your run-of-the-mill college... Ragtag team of college kids. <laughs> yeah, your, your ragtag team of college kids. One is the... Pacey is the uh, crazy. The practical joker. Practical joker, you know, womanizing frat boy. Yeah, he's the prankster prince. Uh, We have Michael Rosenbaum. He's like the hot shot dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) That's a character? Uh, Yeah. Hot shot dickhead. Sure. You saw Top Gun. Then there's the school newspaper journalist. Yeah, that's Jared Leto and these other, the girls, whatever. The prude. Yeah, two prude lewd, whatever. Two prude to get lewd. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Martin, don't you remember our heady college days when we would sit around and tell urban legends to each other nonstop? Yeah, but it was just me and you, and we would switch between different characters. I would be the prude girl, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you would jump, and you'd be like, oh, I'm the hotshot dickhead, and <laughs> start yeah, making we fun were, of me. We were role-playing, <laughs> sitting around <laughs> in the, the cafeteria. Every one of these people look like they're 10 years too old to be playing college students. Think so? Yeah. 50 years too At old. At the time. Alicia Witt looks like she might be 45 years old. Wow. Joshua Jackson was only 19 at the time. Really? I, yeah, I could buy him. I guess it was it was the, the two main female actresses. I bet you they were their age appropriate too. You Man, think? wow. They would probably love to hear you say that. Wow, she looked like she was 76 <laughs> years old. Michael Rosenbaum looked like he was 30. And he was 30. I know that for a fact because I looked up. Because <laughs> I have his birthday tattooed on my arm. <laughs> yeah, so apparently it turns out that this college has a little urban legend of their own. Back in the 70s, somebody went nuts and started walking around one of the dorms, knocking on doors and slashing the throats of anybody who opened the door. That's a pretty good urban legend. I like that one. Yeah, no, it's good. I don't know why someone would do that, but all right. For fun. No big deal. Boys will be boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just... <laughs> that was a prank, right? <laughs> <laughs> Frank Gunn, right. Well, immediately after this, the two main hero, the two girls leave and they, they're like, tee hee hee, let's play Bloody Mary, hee hee hee. I don't know about you, but I was pretty sure that when you play Bloody Mary, you're supposed to do it in front of a mirror yeah. in the dark. Yep. That's the way uh-huh. that I've been playing it every night for, for the years. past 20 years. Yeah. It's the only way I can get to sleep at night. <laughs> but, but how did they do it in this movie? <laughs> they go to a, it looks like a church, but I don't, I don't think that's what it was. I, I think it was was the building that had the murders occur in it. Yeah, it was abandoned. They they stood in front of it and they said Bloody Mary five times and you could hear a woman going, scary. Booberry. And then Pacey comes up behind them and get a good jump scare. And we get one of the 10 trillion trillion jump scares in this movie. I've never seen so many jump scares in a single movie, but I'll tell you this. This movie has the weakest jump scares I've ever seen. They'd be loud, but like not loud enough. So I would just sit there placidly and not even move. I became desensitized after three of them because every time it was her walking into the janitor or her walking into Pacey, it was... Oh, oh, scary. Over and over. How how many times was it someone bumping into the janitor? Every time. Four trillion times. There was a jump scare from someone walking into the janitor. I don't think that role was cast well either, because the janitor was not an intimidating character to me. thought he was kind of nice looking. Seemed like a nice guy, giving people rides. Seemed like a good guy. Yeah, it was, he had a good heart, you can tell. Yeah, he had a heart of gold. Well, immediately after this crap, the main hero girl, she goes back to her dorm room, and we get a little taste of the butterfly effect, where... A goth character is having wild, raunchy sex in the room, and the roommate kind of walks in on it. Yeah. Shocking stuff. What'd you think of this? My first thought was, that's a gigantic dorm room. It is. How many dorm rooms have you seen that were half the size of that? That was the honeymoon suite of dorm rooms. If if I've ever seen one, it had candles, it had beautiful tapestry-like drapes. Gorgeous. It was amazing. They took some time to decorate beds. Two king-size beds in one room. The room was like a... It was like a cathedral. It was unbelievable. Martin, your dorm room was more like a prison cell than a, <laughs> than a bedroom. My my apartment is like a prison cell. <laughs> my life is like a prison cell. <laughs> I don't know. It just felt so forced. They're just forcing stereotypes down your throat. I've never, ever, ever. Kevin, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Kevin, a horror movie? Stereotypes? Yeah, I know. No. I know. What? Nah. I've never seen someone so goth in my life. That was the most gothic person on earth, probably. Okay, well, 
Well, after this stuff with the surprise sex scene, we get the scene with Robert Englund as the professor. This is the shot that's in the trailer. This is what I remember the most about Urban Legend is this scene with them in the classroom. What do you think of this stuff, Ken? What'd you set it up? So he's up there teaching them about urban legends. And he's like, do you guys know what urban legends means? It's amazing you get college Are they in sixth grade? These are college students. I was like, this is ridiculous. Can you imagine getting credits for that? Can you imagine getting college credit for that? Urban legends? Really? Really? I th- I'm pretty sure it's a, a thing, too. For what? That guy was teaching? Yeah, I this actually... is an herb. Do you, have you heard of urban legends? Well, yeah, that's a very childish instruction for a college professor, but I think Rutgers might have, like, an urban legend class. Really? Urban legend department. <laughs> the urban legend wing of the university. <laughs> the it school of urban legends. Yeah. It's, own, it's own separate campus. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't donated either. That's all taxpayer money. <laughs> Just get an urban legend canvas. <laughs> so he's telling them about these urban legends. There's the one. Does he? T- he tells them about the one in the back seat, right? Yeah. He specifically calls that one out. Yeah. He's got pictures of it. Then he calls up Rebecca Gayhart up to the front of the class. And he says, "Here, eat some of these pop rocks." And she gladly ch- chugs them down. And then he offers her some Pepsi, and she won't do it. She's afraid that her intestines are going to explode from the interaction. So. So at that point, I mean, they're trying to let us know that Rebecca Gayhart's character is a complete moron. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that that's just a fact. Well, Pacey... <laughs> Pacey <laughs> well, Joshua Jackson no, no, decides... No, no. Calm, calm, Pacey. Yeah, well, Joshua Jackson decides to take matters into his own hands. <laughs> Percy Jackson decides to take matters <laughs> into his own hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Joshua Jackson, he jumps on stage and he's like, give me them pop rocks. He pops them in his mouth. He takes a quick swig of that soda, gargles it, you know, swallows it, you know, winks at the audience. And then what happens? Oh, my God. A phenomenal Academy Award winning acting scene where he pretends to die from an explosive chemical reaction between pop rocks and delicious Pepsi Cola. He then proceeds to vomit and spit up all over his own face. But it's all for a laugh. Typical frat boy. Did it for the lulls. He's a real joker. The real practical joker. Yeah. Whoop. Surprise. Ha 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 ha. Were you laughing and laughing? Nope. Like the people in the audience were like, oh my God, call 911. <laughs> Skrillex was there. <laughs> immediately after this crap. Notice a pattern. I, I say immediately after this crap. Like, <laughs> it's just one thing. See that the next <laughs> Well, we get to see who the dean of the university is. Now, Kevin, you and I remember this guy. Remember him? You know, I he looked so familiar. I couldn't remember where I had seen him before. He's the head of the conspiracy from the X-Files. Oh, that's right. It's interesting. You mentioned that to me last night, and I totally forgot all about it. Listen to this guy. Well, in my defense, I woke up at 7 a.m. this morning to watch this stupid movie on YouTube because <laughs> I had no time to watch it. We cut back to the college cafeteria or the, the lounge or wherever the hell it is that they people like to sit around and talk about urban legends because that's all they do all day is talk about urban legends. So they're sitting around and they're talking about the, the murder of the girl who got killed in the car. So that actually happened. That wasn't just like an urban legend that they were thinking about. Mm-hmm. That actually took place. A college student really did get murdered by a weird serial killer. Tara Reed says something that really befuddled me. <laughs> that's a shocker. Yeah. She says, and I quote, someone told me that the last thing that 
that she was listening to was my radio show, which is true. It was the last thing she was listening to. Uh-huh. But how the hell would anybody know that? There's this no, is really far-fetched, but someone could have figured, they could figure out the time of death, correct? Yeah. They go in her car, they turn the car on, the radio station's on. Remember though, remember, let's get a little nitpicky. The first thing she listens to was Tara Reed. Then she switches it over to music and is singing and dancing in the car, moving and grooving. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. Someone told me she was listening to my show. <laughs> who who told you? Who? The killer? I guess it's another mini urban legend. People start spreading rumors and lies, right? When oh. stuff like this happens. Kevin. Kevin. Listen to this guy right here. Next Ebert. <laughs> This movie is so meta. Yeah. All right. It's winking at us the whole time. Okay. So Alicia Witt goes back to her room. Another little goth interaction where she's listening to some pretty hardcore music. Alicia goes to pick up the phone. Uh-oh. Only one phone line. Man, this took me back. Oh, yeah. I was like, I forgot all about that. <laughs> Mom, I'm on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm downloading <laughs> my Napster. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, like, Joe, I need to call someone. Stop looking at porn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Stop. I can't stop. <laughs> help me, mommy. Help me. Help me, mommy. Help me. I can't stop looking at porn. <laughs> yeah, that was me in '98. <laughs> This is for the benefit of our youngsters out in the audience listening to this who are prepubescent, <laughs> preteens, before the age of broadband, which we have today, we used to live in a world where you got the internet through your phone line and you dial up AOL and with your 14.4K modem, <laughs> you you connect to the internet and it would make this awful noise into the phone and you could only do one or the other. You can either use the phone or go on the internet. One or the other. You couldn't do both. So you'd be on the internet furiously typing away reading about <laughs> urban legends. <laughs> and then your mom would walk in and pick up the phone and she'd get blasted in the ear with that noise and then she'd yell at you because she needed to make a phone call. Not only that, you could be furiously blasting away when you're reading about urban legends and you're trying to load a page, which back when we had 14 4K modems, to load a page took like 15 minutes. Yeah, you'd, you'd put something in the web address bar and then you'd go make yourself a sandwich. Yeah. That's not a lie. And then no, you'd come back. A, that's not a lie. That's not a lie. I, I remember downloading like massive files. And by massive, I, I mean one megabyte <laughs> files. <laughs> yep. I would download it and I, and I walk away. I would just walk away. They're like movie trailers? Forget it. Yeah. You're, All day. You're, you're downloading it. I would load it up and then I'd go play video games for like three, four hours. <laughs> come back. It's half done. <laughs> And if, if your connection timed out like in the middle, forget it. You got to start over from scratch. Yes. Yes. So, and this is what happens in this movie. Alicia Witt, she picks up the phone. She ruins the goth girl's internet connection. Understandably, the goth girl's upset. She's a little pissed off. Oh, yeah. You know, she's you on know, her goth message board, man. You know, what's really weird is that it's set up to make you think like, oh, I feel bad for Alicia because this goth girl, like. Such a bitch. So, she's not being a bitch. It's obvious she's on the computer. Mm -hmm. That's blatant. Yep. And Alicia goes, 
hold on. She's, she's an idiot. <laughs> she knows. Like, like, Leander isn't, isn't coming from, like, some magical source. Well, later in the movie, it does. Oh! oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she's obviously upset. It's time for Alicia to, you know, try and talk things out. At this point, Pacey is going to come. Pacey. Joshua Jackson is going to come in for the rescue. Yeah, console her. And, and we come to find out that Alicia Witt knew the victim. She hid it from everybody, but apparently they were, they went to rival schools united by fate. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> they were co-captains of their cheerleading squad in high school. Yep. Which is a bond that can only be broken by murder. By, by murder. <laughs> Alicia Witt, the coldest and most emotionless person on the planet, was ca- co-captain of the cheerleader team. Just think about that. Must have been a bad crop that year. <laughs> Pacey's going to jump in. He knows that she's emotionally vulnerable and he has the purest of intentions. He's trying to console her. He's going to get her into his jalopy, try and start it up. Give her give her a road beer, road soda. We got a real meta joke right here that I, I truly appreciated. He starts the car up. He The radio comes on and it's, I don't want to wait for our lives. And he's like, oh, oh, uh, turns it off real quick. Uh, I know, Kevin, you started cheering, right? Because you love Dust Creek so much. I chuckled a bit at this. That was the only enjoyment I got out of this whole <laughs> movie <laughs> i i enjoyed it i thought it was funny yeah it was it was it wasn't laugh out loud funny it's oh that's funny like a nod and a wink and you're like oh. uh-huh i'm glad that they broke the fourth wall down there so they go out into uh into the woods to have this talk which i thought i don't know why he couldn't have just done it at a coffee shop the mall yeah who does this who drives off into the woods with a hot girl yeah strange right you ever done this not yet <laughs> <laughs> the night's still young yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's just weird. They're in college. I mean, don't they have some dorm room they can be sitting in? They were in a dorm room to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, why did he have to take her to the car to talk to her? They're talking already. I don't know. It was really strange. It was bizarre. Just just to get them out in the woods. It just made no sense. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. No, 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 no. Lazy. Yeah, lazy story writing. Mm -hmm. Lazy screen. Oh, man. The more I talk about this movie, the angrier I get at it. Well, Kevin, what happens next? You know, Joshua Jackson, he tries to put the moves on her. He's moving. He's grooving. She'll have none of it. She decks him. She punched him pretty hard. It, it, They're friends. You know, this is ridiculous because I cannot believe a regular woman would turn down Joshua D- Jackson. And this is at his peak, Dawson Creekness. He was 19. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. <laughs> Something else is going on here. I, 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 I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. This it's, it's at this point that this movie became totally unbelievable. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. So she turns him down. He's like, well, all right, I'll take you back, but I got to go piss. I got to take a hot piss. <laughs> so as he's out there taking a piss, someone in a I know what you did last summer type trench coat thing. Martin, this guy's wearing a parka. He looked like the laughing man. Yes, exactly like the laughing man. I'm not even going to explain what that means, but he looked like the laughing man. Kevin, go ahead. So this guy or whoever walks up, the person in this coat walks up and strangles Joshua Jackson. Okay, what, what do we know so far about our killer? A, he's really tall. B, he's super strong because he, sub- he choked Joshua Jackson to death. Casey's a big guy. He is. And he's about to do some other feats of strength, which are incredible. Correct? Yeah. Okay. Three seconds later, after he kills Joshua Jackson, he chokes him with a noose. He strings him up from a tree and hangs him there. Right? And he ties the rope to the car and sets up this 
saw like contraption that Jigsaw would have approved of, where if Alicia Witt drives the car, it's going to pull Joshua Jackson up. This this levy and puller system is going to drag him up into the trees and choke him even more, right? Yeah, because right now he can kind of get his feet on the roof of the car to kind of support it him. It still a looked bit. like he was choking to death. This is ridiculous because his hands weren't bound. No, they were inside the rope. How is he dying? How is he choking to death? I mean, if it's pulled tight enough, he should just... hypothetically be able to lift up and pull his his neck loose, breathe a little bit. Just makes no sense. <laughs> a lot of things in this movie make no sense. Alicia Witt, she hears scratching on the roof of the car. So that's really a scratching sound. Is that like that? Yeah, that's good. So she, she hears that scratching sound on the roof of the car. She starts freaking out, wondering what's going on up there. And then she sees the guy, the the, the killer, right? Yep. The killer all He's, of a sudden just appears. This giant guy wearing this parka. His head is covered. He's got the hood on and his face is a complete silhouette. We can't see anything. Yeah, so he shows up. She freaks out. She locks all the doors. She gets behind the car and she gets the car started and drives off, lifting Joshua Jackson up into the air, choking him to death, we think. <laughs> so the killer, he's coming after her. He kicks in the windshield. She gets out of the car to start running away. How much do you think I don't understand this. Cut to her entering yes. the campus police station. I, I what was like, the hell happened? Did she run 3,000 miles on foot? I thought she was in the middle of the woods. And this killer clearly is physically capable as a person. This this killer is big and strong enough to kick in a windshield. That's almost impossible. They should have been able to run down Alicia Witt. Easily, right? Absolutely. And it was we didn't even see it. We didn't see any chase. Nope, she teleported over. She runs out the door. We don't even get a chase scene. It's just, boom, she's in campus security. If she had the ability to teleport this entire time, none of this should have happened. That's a really good point. Just like in the Tomorrow People. They why, did she, why did she only use her teleportation abilities in this scene? Yeah, they can only get activated when she's Actually, threatened. that's not true. She uses it multiple times. Yeah, I'm she, thinking about no, it. No, no, no. She, she teleports quite a bit in this yeah. movie. So she's trying to tell everyone, Joshua Jackson's dead. She brings campus security back to the scene of the crime. There's no car. There's no rope. There's no dead body. Nope. Why are you going to campus security for a murder? Why don't you go to real security? <laughs> yeah, yeah. AKA the police. The NYPD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- this one, one officer campus security team. The only cop they have on campus. Handles everything. Murders, suicides, everything. It's like going to Paul Blart Mall Cop to handle a murder. Yeah, so nobody believes Alicia Witt. Everyone thinks that since Joshua Jackson, he's this big jokester. He's the best practical joker on campus. You know, he was the guy who did the, the, the Pop Rocks thing with the soda. Oh, yeah, the Pop Rocks guy. He, <laughs> he's put pulling one over on everybody. He's probably off snowboarding. Yeah, he's man. He's probably at a bachelor party. Well, it's around this time that Alicia Witt is starting to put together what's going on. And she has this line reading here that is just unreal. It's like someone is taking all these stories and making them reality. Like, that's supposed to be her big shocking, like, oh my god moment. Totally deadpan. Her eyes are all glazed over. You just said that with ten times the emotion she did. Okay, so that's the reveal. Yeah. She just gave us the reveal. It's as if someone is making these urban legends into a reality. Wow. Great. She's gonna have to do some Twilight-esque research, and what better place to do that than than a college university library? I'm sure that there's some books specifically tailored to urban legends in your <laughs> Whatever. I don't, why is it? Who, who published that book? <laughs> who bought that book? Why Why would a publisher agree to print that? Wait, are you saying you don't have your own personal copy of the Encyclopedia of Urban
urban legends? Yeah, I guess I don't this have enormous it. tome of all <laughs> urban legends ever. Which is bizarre because urban legends, by definition, are like what five years old, six years old. <laughs> and How's there a book? How's there a tome on it? And they're also so specific to specific locations and cultures. True, right? So that book would be four million pages long. Yeah. So she goes to the library and she finds a book on urban legends or tales from the hood, if you will. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> Tara Reed also finds a research book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in case you guys weren't sure that Tara Reed is in this movie for her physical appearance, she finds a Kama Sutra book with illustrations in it. Yeah, specifically an early edition of the Kama Sutra? Yeah, yeah. This library has the first <laughs> printing ever of the Kama Sutra, and they gave it to Tara Reed. It's not yeah. even a printing. It's a, it's a written and physically drawn manuscript that was taken out of <laughs> India from 3000 yeah, BC. Yeah, they found with a lot of the Dead Sea Scrolls. It's so brittle. <laughs> no one is allowed to touch it, but then Tara Reed's like, he, she goes to asking for it. They're like, hey, you look like a pretty horny girl. Go ahead, hey, here you go, you need it. Go ahead, take it. At this point, she goes back to her room and uh-oh. <laughs> SpaghettiOs. SpaghettiOs. <laughs> Apparently, this whole time, the goth girl was on her computer, still in that goth for goths or whatever chat room. Goth I am. Yeah. I like how she spells I am, too. Capital I. I hyphen. hyphen. Capital M. Oh, I got a kick out of that. I was like, wow, it's, it's really the little things in life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she's she's just looking to get, to get her bone on. And this was in the early days when everybody would automatically change the word R to the letter R and U to U. Even though they're not on a cell phone, mm-hmm. they're on a computer when they it doesn't take any effort to type R or U. It's just going out of your way. Yeah, you're going out of your way to be an ass. Yeah. And that's what she was doing. She was typing where are you and stuff. And she's just looking for any goth guy on campus to hook up. Yeah. I would dress up for that. I, <laughs> I, I would dress up like a goth guy. Yeah, she was pretty hot. She was hot, man. And, and come on. She just she just wanted it. She didn't even want to hang out with you. I, I, I could have did it, got out of there, got a sandwich, went to bed. Well, Kevin, she right. Night. Well, well, Kevin, she is typing up, and she's she finds that hot goth guy of her dreams. Sure does. And he wants to. She wants to hook up with him, and she types to him, uh, "What room are you in?" And he says, "Yours." In blinking, flashing text. How did he do that? How did he message her from inside the room in 1998? Did he have wireless internet? Did he have wireless internet and a smartphone, which won't come out for another 12 years? <laughs> How did he make the text blink? How, how did he do that? Did he program his own instant message system? Like, he just programmed it so that it would blink? This is, this is like, borderline, like, the net material, right? Yes. Where the internet is doing things it really can't do at that point. And people don't understand that it can't happen. I loved it. I loved it. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I thought this is excellent. <laughs> I'm in yours. And she turns around, and there he is. There's the, our, our serial slaughterer. Yeah. Strangula. He grabs her and just starts choking, choking her out. She's choking her in bed. She's making all these muffled sounds. Alicia Witt, she comes back to the dorm. She, the lights are out, and she can hear all these, all these noises. And the last time she walked in, turned the light on, she got an unpleasant surprise. Yeah, full frontal. The, the Pleasant for me. Goth girl said, don't you ever do that again. So Alicia Witt, she walks in, she hears these 
noises. She keeps that light off. She goes right to bed as her goth roommate gets murdered. Yep. Two feet away. That's your urban legend right there. You know, it was weird because what I didn't understand about this scene was the next morning when she woke up, the girl was stabbed. When did that happen? I think she was strangled either close to death or to death. And then the killer slit her wrist to make it look like it was a suicide and then used the blood to write on the wall. But they don't bring in forensics to try and verify any of this. No, right? the dean's trying like, to keep it quiet. They're like, ah! This looks like suicide. A morbid suicide note. But the killer wrote in blood on the wall. You know what was weird about this? Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? She slit her own wrists, which killed her probably pretty close to instantly. But she had the the wherewithal to take her own blood and write that message on the wall. Aren't you glad you didn't say banana (laughs) on the wall? Dude, the writing on the wall was high up, which means she slid her wrist, <laughs> climbed onto the desk, and started like painting with her wrist. No, 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 no. She in slid the dark. In, no, in no, the no. dark. She slid her wrist from across the room and just sprayed it like <laughs> a hose from across the room. Can I remind you the few times that we've actually gone to live movies to take notes? Yes. Right? In the dark? Yeah. Even with the light of the movie screen, our notes are like hieroglyphics by the time we're done. They're all slanted. How did this person do this in the pitch black room? <laughs> Look. As they're dying, they're I didn't. All their blood. I didn't know that the dean could rule a suicide in a in like a investigation of someone's death. Well, when you don't There's, involve the actual police, you could do whatever you want because this campus security was doing the, the case. When campus security and the dean don't inform the proper authorities of someone's death, that would be what improper protocol and covering up of a murder. Yeah, I think yeah. the FBI would get involved. The FBI would probably <laughs> get involved point. at that point. And we're we're at three people now, so this is officially a serial killer, and the dean is keeping being quiet if the dean survived and he'd be spending probably close to life in prison i'd imagine i think so so alicia witt she wakes up to the fresh smell of corpse in the room she alerts everybody but you know they're like no this is a suicide but she's sure she's real sure this is a murderer single person in the world doesn't believe her not one person so but at this point it really hammers home this has some like she's being punished here right because if this is any killer who's killing people why would they let her live. Why wouldn't they kill her too? They're doing it to all these people that she's with Yeah, that she knows. It's all centered around her. Wouldn't you freak out? Be Have an emotion? Any emotion? Well, we meet the creepy janitor guy. Here's another potential suspect. Could it be the janitor? Maybe he wants to kill everybody for no reason whatsoever. I didn't buy it for a second. If I was her, I'd transfer out of the school. They kept throwing... <laughs> They kept throwing all these potential killers at us. I didn't buy any of them. I didn't buy the professor. I didn't buy the janitor. I didn't buy the gas station guy. Yeah, apparently when Alicia Witt was a kid, she knew the first victim, the first girl victim. And when they were in high school, they thought it would be cute and funny to do the headlight trick. They turned off their headlights and then when some guy, a good Samaritan, flashed them, the first murder victim in the car, she turns the car around and starts chasing after the guy thinking it's really funny to try to make him think that they were going to kill him. But this scared the guy so much, he drove his car off a cliff going 10 trillion milliseconds per second. He flew off a bridge and died or something. I don't know. I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed at this. I thought this is so dumb. What'd you think? This is when I knew this wasn't taking place in New Jersey because you pull stuff like that in New Jersey. Yeah, that's not going to fly. Not going to fly, man. (laughs) You get behind that one, someone going that fast, they're going to slam on their brakes. (laughs) And there's going to be an accident. And then when there's an accident, they're going to get out of the car with a baseball bat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's going to be... 
You were cruising. Now you're going to get a bruising, bro. <laughs> I had some guy literally yesterday. He reached over as I passed him, reached over, rolled his window down and gave me the finger. I don't know why. I still don't know why he did it. I have no idea what to do to offend that guy. There was no other cars around. It wasn't like he mistook me for someone else. I had a guy put his hand in his jacket, and I think he was trying to pantomime that he had a weapon. And he pointed it at me as he was driving past, I guess. Well, immediately after this, we get this scene with the dean. He's leaving school. He's a little jumpy. He's a little antsy. Even he's checking the backseat of his car. Oh. What a baby. Yeah, what a big baby. (laughs) And as he's leaving, the killer pops out from beneath his car, slashes his Achilles tendon, and the dean starts flopping around the floor like a fish. He's bleeding everywhere. (laughs) His basketball career is over at that point, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's crawling in his skin. His wounds, they will not heal. Again? (laughs) Yeah, he's trying to step through his shadow. (gasps) Yeah. And the serial killer puts the car in neutral, and it comically rolls over him while he's on top of the wrong way. I guess it's like a tire. Tire spikes. Tire spikes impaling him. The Dean could have very easily rolled to the left or the right and avoided this car going negative 10 miles an hour. When a car is in neutral, it's like momentum staking it. Like He probably could have just pushed up against it. Yeah. And stopped it from moving. It wasn't like it was on a 90 degree angle. Yeah, it's not like it's he's holding it. It's a flat surface. Yeah. It's so stupid. This guy wanted to die. <laughs> okay, so tonight is the night of the big anniversary of the 25 year whatever. Killing extravaganza. Yeah, yeah. When the original killer killed all those people 25 years ago. Who cares? Whatever. They're having their big bash at the college dorm room or whatever. I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be a Halloween party or a masquerade ball because people were in costume, like one or two were in costume, but the majority were not. I don't really understand what was happening here. I don't either. It was a monster mash. Yeah, it was a graveyard smash. So... All these people are hanging around at this party. Our boy, Michael Rosenbaum, he gets a little phone call. And it's a threatening voice on the phone. It's very clearly a man's voice talking to him. Absolutely a man. It is a man's voice. It's not a digitized man. Nope. It's a man telling him, you're gonna die tonight. And Michael Rosenbaum, he's like, yeah, whatever. Ha ha. Are you coming from inside the house? (laughs) Whatever. But hey, our killer, he's got one more ace up his sleeve. And he decided to channel Hollow Man. He decided to control the animal population himself (laughs) by telling him, this is the urban legend about about the old lady who put her wet dog in a microwave. To dry it off. Yeah. And Michael, Which I'm unaware of. I yeah, I had never heard of, of this. I never heard of it. Michael Rosenbaum goes running at light speed to the microwave. The inside is covered with like, blood and guts, but it's almost as if it was like exploded in there, but there's nothing left, right? Like if there was a dog in there that was microwaved. Bones. Wouldn't the whole thing be in there still? Yeah. Yeah. I felt like there was nothing in there. Yeah, that was weird. There's just like some blood and guts. Is it an atomic furnace inside <laughs> this microwave? <laughs> It got three million degrees in there. Yeah, well, whatever. Michael Rosenbaum, I don't care if he's the voice of the Flash. He's not fast enough to stop his own death. (laughs) Yeah, he goes to the bathroom. He throws up because, you know, as we learned from Saul, only a baby would cry after seeing their (laughs) dog incinerated in a microwave. He's vomiting in the toilet. What a weak, weak, weak man. man. He's throwing up in the toilet and, oh, there's the killer right behind him. The (gasps) the killer knocks him out, ties him up to the toilet. How'd the killer knock him out? Smash his head into the toilet seat. This person must be so strong. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. powerful. Mm -hmm. And just big. And manly. Yeah, and manly. Beefy. 
Beefy. Well, Michael Rosenbaum is tied to the toilet, and the killer does a little twist on the Pop Rocks and Soda gag. This was stupid. Kevin, come on. Why so? This was stupid. <laughs> what happened? So, the killer forces some Pop Rocks down his throat, then takes a funnel, sticks it in his gullet, and pours pipe cleaner. Drano. Drano down his throat. That's not the, that's not the legend. <laughs> completely broke from their methodology. Yep. Up to this point, like, the urban legends, they were acted out in their entirety as if they really would have happened. This this was a show, this murder, right? What does the Drano have to do with this? This isn't an urban legend anymore. This is just killing for killing's sake. He's making his own legends now. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> she runs into Jared Leto, who he's in the building too, right? Before she gets out, he's in there. And that's a little strange, right? Where'd he come from? <laughs> <laughs> then all of a sudden, as they exit the building, Rebecca Gayhart, she shows up and Jared Lowe's like, you two ladies, you come with me. I'll protect you. They get into his SUV. They drive off. They go to a gas station. He goes inside to to make a phone call or something. Get some get some Thin Mints. He's going to get some Pop know. Rocks and Pepsi. Yeah, some Pop Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> He's and really thirsty. The girls are in the car like, something smells horrendous in here. Did he fart? What's going on? There's a fart glad in here like I've never experienced. <laughs> Then all of a sudden, there's there's a jingle in the back. They go around to the trunk. They look in there. Uh-oh. There's a dead body. In Jared Leto's SUV? It's the professor. He's dead. Yeah. Someone dragged this grown man into this car and stuffed him in there. Must yeah. have been a pretty strong person to do that. I mean, how much do you think Robert England weighs? 3,000 pounds. I mean, he's the tall guy, right? Yeah. 200, easy? Yeah, easy, because he's probably about 6'2", 6'3". That's 200 pounds of a beef. dead weight beef. Indeed. Jared Leto could do it. Right? I don't even know if he could do it on his own. Jared Leto's kind of, he's not a very big guy. You'd nice. probably need, he'd probably need help. Could Shane West do it? Shane West couldn't carry a 30 pound bag. <laughs> Sean Connery could do this with his pinky. There you go. Sean Connery would just hold him up like he's holding a plate, like he's going to serve people dinner. <laughs> just pick him up. So the girls see this. They freak out. Oh my gosh. Jared Leto's the killer. Oh, finally. That's reasonable, right? Yeah, things are making sense. Yeah. He was obsessed with the urban legend stuff. This would get him into a good newspaper with a story like this. It's big scoop, right? Everything's fitting into place. Finally. Yeah. Finally makes some sense. Uh -huh. Logic prevails. So they run away. They get separated and Alicia Witt ends up on the road and someone comes up and she's like, help me, help me. And she gets a ride. Uh-oh, it's the creepy janitor. And she looks down and she sees that the creepy janitor, he's got the creepy coat right then and there. Oh my God, he's really the killer. What? Double cross, triple cross, quadruple cross. <laughs> I, I can't keep track of all these crosses. What's going on? She gets a little little antsy. She's got a little agita, little little upset stomach. She's trying to get out of the car while it's going 40 trillion miles an hour down a worthy, windy highway. Apparently, the other killer, Jared Leto, shows up, flashes his high beams. She's like, oh, no, that's the killer, too. We're the two killers. <laughs> she flips out. Oh, the one killer's chasing you, the other killer. I don't know why. <laughs> She's upset. Uh-oh, car gets rammed off the road. This is where the most comedic death knell from the janitor, I think, in a, I've, I've ever seen in a movie. Oh, no! <laughs> the car yeah, goes... Yeah, yeah. I wrote that down. No! <laughs> the car went five feet off the road? It wasn't even that bad of an accident. His body exploded. <laughs> 
<laughs> it looks like it exploded. There's blood everywhere. Back, she just gets, and then Alicia Witt just gets up and walks out and leaves them, just runs off. Yeah, she's perfectly fine, yet that accident killed the driver? What happened here? Before this movie's out, we get one more shocking twist. One more real shocker. Alicia Witt, she goes back to that abandoned building in the beginning, and she hears all these noises, all this moaning and groaning. She goes inside, and lo and behold, she finds all the dead bodies. Oh my god, the killer must have dragged all these bodies up there. Up he, up three or four flights, flights of, of stairs. stairs. Very strong guy. Even Joshua Jackson is like hanging from the ceiling in a closet. It's like, whoa, this guy's morbid. He's sick. He's twisted, but he's buff because he dragged all these people up there. Oh, absolutely. But Kevin, what happened? We get our final big reveal, who the killer is, and it's 85-pound Rebecca Gayhart. This little girl murdered all these people, overpowered Joshua Jackson, choked him to death, carried his body, hung him from a tree, murdered Robert England 10 times her size, picked him up, dragged him around. Uh Uh-huh. This was when I just became livid, enraged. (laughs) Irate. I could not believe that the screenwriters of this movie would insult my intelligence audacity right they're out of their they're they're out of their mind they've they look they've overstepped their bounds if if i actually knew these people i would physically assault them (laughs) we still haven't seen jared leto and i'm sitting there just i'm praying please please let jared leto be in on this too a two-man job because it's possible that could make it work that's that's possible physics would work let it happen sorry not gonna happen jared leto comes out he he tries his best to fool rebecca gayhart it's not gonna happen he He's a victim too here. He's he's not part of the killing team. There is no killing team. It was just her. It makes no sense. Well, can we dissect her motives for a second? We come to find out that the reason that she went on this killing spree was because the guy who Alicia Witt and the original murder victim accidentally killed with their headlight prank was her boyfriend. <gasps> oh, so back in high school they were gonna get married, but Alicia- that's a lot of commitment. For yeah, high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alicia Witt. I robbed think they did her a favor <laughs> by murdering that guy. <laughs> Look, dude, the relationship probably was not like it. It was probably not going to last. Okay? It's so what no if she had harm, said no that? foul. What if Alicia was like, Look, honey, it wouldn't happen to any. It's not going to last. Look, like, like, statistically it wasn't going <laughs> to work out. Would you a big favor. Yeah, okay. So I understand her wanting to get revenge against Alicia Witt. That makes sense. You kill her. Uh-huh. But why did she kill everybody else? Why kill Robert Englund? Why kill the Dean? Those people were helping you. They were like your smokescreen. Everybody was defending the killer, right? Yep. There, there is no killer. There is no hero. But then she goes around and kills the people who are helping to hide her identity. What the hell is the point of that? Why would she kill initially without any fanfare the driver of the car that killed her boyfriend, but then proceed to play all these mind games and toy with the person that was just the passenger in that car? It makes no sense That's a all. really good point. If you're going to do this, you do it the other way around, right? You do it yeah. for the driver. The driver is the one who responsible for this. They're the, the person you play with. The, the screenwriters I think realize that and they're like, oh crap. Um, <laughs> we wrote ourselves into a, a, a into a trap here. We have to do something. They're like, um, okay. Oh, what are we going to do? We'll have her read two lines. The one line will say, <laughs> but you were the, it was your car. <laughs> Real, your name on the title. Your name was on the title to the car. <laughs> you registered the car that year. Great. It's just, it made no sense. Look, this made zero sense. None of this 
was physically possible. This whole movie, as bad as it was, fell apart completely here. There right? was nothing to even be held together. Yeah. Yet it somehow it finds a way to fall apart. It's all it just collapsed under its own internal logic. Just doesn't make any sense, right? It just crumbled like a house of cards. I could buy a lone serial killer going around murdering those people. All right. It that kind of worked together within the universe of this film. Mm-hmm. But when you tell me who the killer was, it, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. This whole thing just crumbles. Absolutely. I can only imagine when people saw this in theaters, people must have been groaning out loud in the theater. Really so luckily, campus security show up. Yeah, she pulls out her tourist judge and shoots Rebecca Gayhart in the chest and the force of the blast knocks her 10 feet backwards through a window. Yeah! And she falls to her death on the concrete or whatever, right? Great. The end, I hope. You'd be wrong if you thought it was the end because <laughs> they get into their car and they're like, wow, it looks like this will turn into an urban legend, right? And they're like, yeah, but there's got to be a twist if this is going to be an urban legend. I thought that we had enough double crosses already. One last one for the road. <laughs> Rebecca Gayhart is going to pop back up again. No, she's not dead by getting shot in the chest, falling 4,000 feet to her doom. She still managed to sprint away from the crime scene. I don't know how they didn't see her body when they left the building. I guess they missed it or disappeared. They weren't curious about that. How did she know that they would drive anywhere? Or why did they drive anywhere? I, I don't know. Don't they both like live on campus? Well, the car's going over a bridge after they're being attacked. One last time, they collide into the railing of this bridge. Rebecca Gayhart re- comically f- flies and flails and wails out the window and hits the river like it's a piece of concrete. <laughs> she doesn't submerge. She doesn't splash. She doesn't... It's, I, the water in this world has no properties of water in the universe that I that, that I inhabit because she's just on the on it. She's just on the water. Ah, <laughs> uh, the end? Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. Kevin, this movie's over now, right? I hope so because I turned it off. No, you'd be wrong because they're gonna cut to college in the future, I guess. It's the next class. Yeah. We're talking about Wait, that happened? Life? Yeah. Wait, you, you, you I did... turned it off. Really? I thought that was it. Nope. <laughs> you fool. You fool. Because they're so so it's like I, I guess it's supposed to be like present day or Yeah, yeah. It cuts to present modern day. They're in another school in another part of the country, and it's a whole new fresh crop of freshmen sitting around the their equivalent of the library or the talking quad. about that. That urban legend that just happened. Yeah, yeah. Like they're like, do you ever hear the urban legend about? And then they're retelling the story of the movie we just watched. They're like, but the river washed their body away. Don't you get it? Find the it. dean won't allow it. But whatever. <laughs> and then the camera pans over, and like this one girl, she's like, Psh, that story's so stupid. Next thing you're gonna tell me is that the Noxima girl did it. And then the camera pans over a little bit more, and who's sitting next to her? Rebecca Gayhart. She's alive. She's at this college, and she's going to tell the story the right way. I'll tell you how it really happened. The end. I'm glad I turned it off. <laughs> yeah, and then the movie ended with... I don't even That's true, that did happen. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's Urban Legend. Let's find out what the real critics had to say about this movie. 
Those of us with brain cells, however, will spit out this scream retread like it was spider egg laced bubble gum. Sean Means, film.com. As interesting as the urban legend premise is, it's not enough to sustain the movie. James Berardinelli, Real Views. And finally, like Frankenstein's monster before the lightning strikes, it's all recycled cold flesh and bolts without a twitch of originality. Liam Lacey, Globe and Mail. Okay, guys, this movie currently holds a 21% on Rotten Tomatoes, but is it really that bad? This movie is terrible. 21%. Eh, that's okay. I, I, I'd say that's pretty accurate. Teens, low 20s, no story, no acting, makes no sense. This, this movie makes me angry. I'm angry that I have to watch this and be subjected to it, but the movie itself doesn't make me angry. I'm angry that the screenwriters think I'm dumb enough to accept this as a story. This movie is horrendous, wasted time, one out of five. Yeah, for me, this is definitely not bad. This is a one out of five stinkeroo. <laughs> Terrible acting. No thought whatsoever put into the story. It was, this is clearly just it's just trying to cash in on that scream, scream bucks that were coming in at the time. They threw together an idea that they thought was clever, but they weren't smart enough to use it effectively. It, I think this probably could have been a good movie if they actually used this theme and did something intelligent with it. But they didn't. This is this is horrendous. As for me, is it really that bad? Yep, it's that bad. This movie sucked. The whole time I was watching it, I was thinking to myself, man, this is a yeah, it's that bad feature film. Through and through. This is so bad. The acting is awful. Piss poor. Like, the dialogue is crap. It's not interesting. It's not exciting at all. But hey, you know what? Wasn't boring, right? I'll give it that. Wasn't Buckaroo Banzai. All right, yeah. It was my, like, I was finding enjoyment in how bad it was. Oh, I wasn't. I was. I was. I, I liked it. I'm not going to say it was a good movie, but I did get a kick at how crappy it was and some of the stupid crap that's in it. So yeah, it's a one out of five for sure. But if you're a fan of cheesy horror movies, this is for you because this movie is pretty damn bad and dumb and stupid. <laughs> okay, let's read some listener mail. John writes in and says, I just listened to your Top Gun episode. Although I've never seen the movie and never will, I thought I would share the reason why. Many years ago on Christmas Eve, a friend and myself were enjoying some herbal Christmas festivities. When I noticed that Top Gun was just starting on TV, we went into another room and settled down to begin watching it. After 10 minutes, we noticed an unusual smell. We discovered that my bedroom was aflame, burning with the heat of a thousand suns. A candle was left alight, had somehow set fire to my stereo and the wall behind it. We called the fire brigade and my father tackled the flames, saving the rest of the house. By the time the fire brigade left, it was early Christmas morning. To this day, I refuse to watch Top Gun for fear that random fires may start due to my negligence. On an unrelated note, Kevin, why on earth do you watch football? That game is more boring than church. Signed, John from the UK. That's serious, because church is not exciting at all. He's from the UK, and he's attacking my love. Yeah, isn't that interesting? That's amazing. Look, man, soccer, as we call it here, stateside, that's 90 minutes of pure action, unlike American football, which is... 11 minutes of actual game. 5 minutes? 
minutes of playtime, basically. That's so super boring. Baseball is death to me. <laughs> baseball is super boring, too. Yeah, baseball is really boring, but maybe if I could take his side for a second. In the game of European football, don't they just run back and forth, not really doing anything, and then they kick cry, the ball. cry like big, big babies when somebody takes the ball from them and they go, oh, my knee, <laughs> my someone kicked my shin. Oh. <laughs> All right, we're going to run an experiment. Martin, stand up. I'm going to kick you in the shin as hard as I can. I've been kicked in the shin. <laughs> I'm a man, though. And I look at them and I say, that was weak. And I punch them in the face. They just ran like six miles and some guy kicked them with a cleat. Okay. In their shin. I've been kicked in the shin with a cleat. I played lacrosse for a long time. I can take it. He played girls field hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's pretty hot. The other thing I love about watching soccer is there's no commercials. For 45 minutes straight, I watch sports. There's a halftime. And then for 45 minutes straight, I watch sports. I don't have it in me to watch commercials anymore. I can't do it. After having a DVR and having the internet and watching shows without commercials, sitting through commercials is like, it's death to me. I can't do it. So watching other sports and commercials, it's really hard for it to hold my attention without me changing the channel and stuff. But soccer holds me because it never stops. Kirby writes in and he wants to know, are you guys watching Vegas with Dennis Quaid? Kevin, you saw it. I watched 10 minutes of it and I couldn't do it anymore. It was terrible. What do you think? Really? It's just a, a, it's a 1920s procedural or something. I don't even know what year it was supposed to be. I was expecting it to be the cops versus the mob kind of thing, right? Because isn't Michael Chiklis, he's like the, the Vegas mobster kind of guy and Dennis Quaid's the, the rogue, I don't know, ranger or something. I don't know. But it was just a procedural. I don't even know. I don't know what's going on there. Okay. Yeah, I don't watch TV anymore, really. I don't have a TV anymore. I threw it out of my window. Oh, yeah? Yep. Threw it four stories onto the ground. <laughs> Destroyed it. <laughs> okay, all right. Andrew writes in and says he wants to know what our top 10 TV shows of, of all time are. His are starting from 10 down. Malcolm in the Middle, Seinfeld, Two and a Half Men, The Office, Wilfred, The Big Bang Theory, Sons of Anarchy, Oz, The Walking Dead, and Breaking Bad. I'm going to say narrow it down to five. What are your top five favorite TV shows ever? Those are... All but one of them is, is like currently airing, right? Yeah. Is this so? Is this is all time? Then I'm confused because that seems like it's all contemporary shows. Except hey for guys, Oz. what are your top ten TV shows on the air currently or not? Currently is probably Breaking Bad. I like South Park. Uh, catch me some uh, anime, but I'm not gonna list them on the air. Don't you dare! Um, I I never would. I never would. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Just I'll watch The Walking Dead when it's on as well, and uh, I'll watch True Blood. Wait, that doesn't get. Probably edit that out. <laughs> top five. Simpsons, X-Files is in there. This is not in order. Batman, the animated series. Oh, The Wire. I need one more. I guess I'll, I'll go with Seinfeld. Okay. I'm going to go The Simpsons, X-Files, Battlestar Galactica. Uh, oh, what the hell? Toss some Breaking Bad and The Wild Card. Star Trek, The Next Generation. Okay. And Chris writes in and says he wanted us to know that uh, we love Taurus Judges, right? But did you know that there's a... all my heart. Yeah. There's, a, there's also a Taurus raging judge. Stop it. It's a 28 gauge handgun. Oh my god. <laughs> so you sent me a video of it. <laughs> what could you possibly use that for? What would you use that for? <laughs> I feel like if I shot that, my hand would just fly off my, my arm. How do you fire that weapon? 
Like, what's the kick on that? I imagine it, just, it, it shoots back and smashes your face in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your nose is absolutely breaking. If you if you try to shoot that single-handedly, it's coming right back and breaking your nose. For those who don't understand what we're saying, that's a, it, this is a, a giant handgun that essentially is shooting, like, shotgun shells. Yeah. It's pretty over the top. <laughs> Which is why we always mention Taurus judges on this show. Okay, and finally, Albatross writes in and says, If you could take any Goosebumps story... And turn it into a movie and direct it yourself, which would it be? Oh, man. Cuckoo Clock of Doom. I don't have to think about that. I can only remember Say Cheese and Die, Night of the Mummy, and the du- Night of the du- Night of the Dummy. Is there multiple Night of the Dummy? Yeah, like Night of the Dummy 3. Yeah. That's the one I would do. Yeah, I'm going to direct Night of the Dummy 3. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't going to direct My Neighbor's a Mutant? I don't remember any of the Goosebumps. Yeah, stuff. I'm struggling to remember. It's amazing. I read Goosebumps. Yep. I watched the Goosebumps TV show. Yep. I remember... None of that crap. Yet, I remember Are You Afraid of the Dark vividly. I remember oh, yeah. a lot of those episodes. Well, that was, sc- that was way scarier. Okay, thanks for those emails, guys. If you want to contact us, please send us an email at yeahitsthatbad at gmail.com. Okay, now it's time for the question of the week. And the question of the week is, what is your favorite horror movie that was directly inspired or ripped off Scream? Just like Urban Legend. Yeah, mine's probably, I know, I know what you did last summer. I like that movie a lot when that came out. Okay, head on over to yesthatbad.com. Leave a comment on this episode's page with your answer. Okay, now it's time to announce next week's movie. And next week, we're going to be doing another dubiously fresh movie. Very contentious movie. Mm. Depending on who you ask, it's either an awesome movie or a piece of crap. We're talking, of course, about Donnie Darko. We're going to continue our investigation to the works of <laughs> Richard Kelly. First he did The Box. Now we're doing Donnie Darko. Eventually, we're doing Southland Tales. We're going to have to do it, right? I don't want to do Southland Tales. Remember when we watched that at my house? It was a nightmare. I wanted to die. It was literally a nightmare. (laughs) So tune in next. Dwayne Johnson was getting sucked into a vortex. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen it. Don't spoil anything. I'm not spoiling anything. You'll never get it. You will never understand (laughs) this. Spoiler alert. That bad stuff. No, you're just not going to get it. No one will get it. Okay, to recap, tune in next week when we will be watching Donnie Darko. Also, don't forget to purchase our recent premium podcast Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. You can get that at yeahitsthatbad.bandcamp.com Also, please nominate us for the Podcast Awards. Podcastawards.com And you know what's funny, Kevin? The day that our last episode came out, where I asked our listeners to nominate us for the Podcast Awards, Uh Stitcher decides to get into the Podcast Awards game and they're doing their own Podcast Awards where people have to nominate they're doing it at the same time as the other podcast awards that's been going on for years. That's just going to confuse people. So what are we going to do? Tell people to go to both of them and nominate us? Both of them. Yeah? I already went today, nominated us for podcast awards. There you go. In the spirituality category. <laughs> <laughs> Please nominate us for the podcast awards at podcastawards.com. And while you're there, if you remember, do the Stitcher one too. I don't know. I'll put a link to both of them in the show notes. If you nominate us for podcasts for the podcast awards you'll get into Joel's good graces oh yeah the other one is whatever yeah it's rinky dink yeah if you remember I guess what Stitch- Stitcher's a big
bigger deal, isn't it? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. It just started this year. I don't know. They have no it's clout. It's the first annual. It's number one. Yeah. Okay. So we a, should be number one. We should be able to win it, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever. We're gonna get in on the ground floor. There you go. All right. All right. All right. All right. So go nominate us for the Stitcher Awards. Okay. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to our show. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Those five star reviews really do help out the show. Please help spread the word of the show to all your friends by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash yeah, it's that bad. You can follow us on Twitter at yeah, it's bad. You can follow Martin at yeah, it's Martin. You can follow Kevin at yeah, it's Kev. And you can listen to the show on all your mobile devices via Stitcher. You can get that at stitcher.com. Once again, thanks for listening to the show. See you next time. Hot, steamy piss. Steamy piss. Now, as you're well aware, we're no strangers here to hot piss at Yes That Bad World Headquarters. I had some in my hand this morning. (laughs) (laughs) That's not an exaggeration. I had to get like a physical thing and I actually had to give a urine sample. So I had some my own hot piss. So you you just peed in your palm. (laughs) And you you dumped it onto their paper. You're like, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You shook it onto their paper. Well, from Waterworld to Transformers, we know a thing or two about pissing in movies. This was a good piss. Yeah. This is a solid piss. Nice steady stream. It was good. Great. Epic. Sounded good. He walked 400 feet from the car? Yeah. Why did he do that? He He didn't want to embarrass her. He was willing to show his penis to her in a sexual way, but in a non-sexual platonic way, not having it. I would have taken three steps and turned around. Right in front of her? (laughs) No, turned around the other way. No, 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 no. I prefer in my head you took three steps away from the car and turned around and pointed it at her and then started peeing in through the door of the car <laughs> on, no, on the windshield just ring it on the windshield wow are you marking your territory <laughs> he just he jumps on the roof of the car and just starts <laughs> letting it rip no, no, he walks around the, her side of the car and peeing at, peeing at her window <laughs> her window's then it went her over <laughs>